0: the bonus two-man game inside. Thomas, dominant, dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid,
1: and he got some dog in.
0: And the steal, they can tie it with a three.
1: Murray, yes!
0: A Murray miracle in the desert!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez, and today we got old friend, prior co-host,
0: Bryant West on the show what's going on brian how you doing man boy this is quite a change isn't it It its the tagline on the video says picking 24th in the 2023 nba draft hey a year ago we were 20 spots higher than that yeah
1: and every year prior to that was also lottery selections so yeah
0: we're not we're not sitting here trying to figure out what incoming rookie can help us claw back to the playoffs now we're probably going to be debating what rookie could even crack the rotation next year
1: right right it's definitely different. Uh, teams still all the time find quality rotation guys around this spot. We don't even know if Sacramento's actually going to make this pick. Obviously, um, there's a decent chance that they don't. But either way, you need to be prepared. I mean, there's also trade up down scenarios. You never know what could happen on draft night. So I think it's always good to be prepared. And in my mind, worst case, Kings don't pick anybody. And we just know the league a little bit better.
0: You know? Yeah. That's never a bad thing to enjoy watching incoming rookies, because uh, even if the Kings don't pick them, you're going to see them two to four times a year. So,
1: Right. And I think the plan for today is uh, just to give a little rundown, as we're going to talk about drafting at 24, sort of the philosophy that we were just kind of hinting at, uh, how the philosophy changes when it comes to willingness or maybe less willingness or more to look at upside swings and things like that, um, compared to drafting in the lottery, maybe prototypes of certain types of players that could be available. Um, the confirmed workouts that we have, the guys that actually have been confirmed to been working out for Sacramento, there's literally only four names. They're not giving us much throughout this course of this process. And then we'll go through some of our early crushes that we like early into this process. Um, earlier into the process for me, for sure, than you, I I feel like I'm getting caught up.
0: I'm not going to pretend that, uh, it took me a lot longer than normal to get into the swing of things for college basketball. I I, I started really watching at March Madness. It, it mm-hmm. turns out that having meaningful Sacramento basketball late into April means that my instincts to go look for saviors in college basketball wasn't so necessary anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have the same feel. I don't know about for you, at least for myself, like watching these games, like, like you're saying, we're not looking for a savior. Yeah, it's very, very different. Um. And let's just start by going through some of the draft history of McNair and Wes Wilcox in this front office, because I think it's pretty telling. Um, you know, their their first selection was Tyrese Halliburton at 12, which I you can't take much from that. Tyrese was the obvious pick for, I think, hardly anyone sitting at 12, which I guess you could say, like, maybe it was the same for 11. He should have gone 11, too. But I don't should've think you 10. can take right. You probably should have gone nine. Right, but, but on draft night, like that was an obvious pick. Um, yeah, but then you go to the next first round pick, Davion Mitchell sitting there at nine, shocked the hell out of me. I, I you were talking about it the other day too. Um, I've never yeah. been more shocked by a name popping up, and I don't. I'm I didn't watch him like the typical you know watching the draft. Of course, it's Woj updates, and I just didn't believe it. It was crazy. Yeah. But anyway, well, my face, it.
0: my face is on video somewhere when they made that pick. So. You can all see how crazy shocked I was.
1: That's right. And But Davion, the profile that he fits, that that Keegan is going to fit as well, that was picked the year after, is that these are guys that have played multiple years of college, two years for Keegan Murray, and four for Davion Mitchell, and if you want to throw Tyree Halliburton in there as well, that's two for him, and it's all guys that were productive at the college level. They don't have, like, there are some hypothetical skills that they have that maybe are their swing factors, but you know what they are going to do. And um, just through like some conversations, I know the Kings definitely value that, like taking the player that you know is going to contribute rather than taking some upside swing. The question becomes like, how does that change when you're drafting at 24 compared to the lottery? Because the guys we just talked about are number four, number nine, Tyrese is number 12. If you want to look at when they drafted at 40 in the 2020 draft, they traded from 35 to 40. Robert Woodard, I think that fits more of the safer. He was a two year guy, um, even if he didn't pan out. And then Jamias Ramsey, I think would be the upside swing, but that's you're talking about at 43. Um, Namias Kata is, I, I don't exactly know which category to put him in, but probably more towards upside swing. And that's 39. Um, there was no second round pick last year. But how do you, do you, still put stock into the previous selections that we've seen, and they clearly have a type? Or do you think that goes out the window now that it's 24?
0: You know, I think the one thing that I feel pretty confident in them continuing is that they look for high instinct players who at some level have a role that is either ready to go or or is more defined if if minutes were to open up. Um, you know, every one of Tyrese, Davion, Keegan, they all had, uh, roles that they came into and fit their minutes were completely different, but each one of them was ready to contribute in certain aspects or another. We'll see if that changes, but I'd be kind of surprised if the Kings just went out there and took the rawest project player available who, who didn't have, uh, that kind of, high instinct high iq profile that Monty mcnair hasn't just looked for in his draftees but also in his free agents um if i was the kings i'd certainly be much more willing to swing for upside picks now like this organization has the core set in stone it has the foundations of great coaching and a steady gm it this is kind of weird to say but i think we can call the kings a, a smart playoff level organization now right wow i <laughs> and, think so So to me that this is time to look for upside rather than be sad on finding somebody who's going to come in and, and, Oh yeah. If we, he's ready for 20 minutes a game next year. Um, I'd be really excited for any one of, you know, the, the, the project guys in, in this range that we've been talking about, you know, Noah Clowney, CD Sissoko, Max Lewis, Derek Whitehead your favorite project player here. If Monty thinks that, you know, one of those guys has the highest long-term upside, not just talking about this year, but, you know, two, three, four years down the road. Hey, let them hang in Stockton for a year or two. We don't, the, the Kings don't have crazy depth issues anymore. They don't need to have some rookie come in and be ready for 15 minutes a game. But at the same time, like, I I think that sometimes fans, myself very much included, if you look at the last couple of years, we're too quick to dismiss older NBA-ready players as as if they won't improve their games. Like, is Chris Murray really going to stop developing? Right. Same with Trace Jackson Davis, Marcus Sasser, Jamie Jacquez Jr. Like, we just saw a 22-year-old break an NBA rookie record for three-pointers two years after he shot 29% from three in his freshman season at Iowa. Good players don't stop developing just because they're slightly older.
1: Absolutely, and I get very enamored by upside swings for sure. Um, I, I agree with you on the feel aspect for sure. Like, you know, Gigi Jackson is somebody that's going to interest people. I'd be absolutely shocked. Um, you know, I I can see the logic, and if they picked it, I would talk myself into it. I can understand. It would take
0: five seconds for me to sell myself on him.
1: Absolutely, but I would be shocked just based yeah. on draft history. And I do actually disagree with you a little bit on the there's no like need for depth. Like I feel like with HB being a question mark, Terrence um, Davis gone, Trey Lyle's a question mark. I, I guess I should call TD a question mark. I yeah. I was gonna say, I Wait just, a minute. Yeah. yeah, That was wrong <laughs> breaking news here. <laughs> that was wrong of me. Um, but like, who are your wings right now? You're talking about Keegan Murray and then there's Kessler Edwards. Like I, I kind of, there's a lot of, I feel like wings forwards that could be available. And I have found myself like kind of centering around that role and gravitating more towards, I know shocking. Right. And I think, I think about this, I'm like, is this a Sacramento only thing or is this a league wide thing at this point? But I guess there's some teams that are like, Oh, we need a big, or we need a point guard. Like and the Kings just aren't going to have that problem. But once again, wings are exactly what I'm looking at. And I do think that like a guy that, projects as somebody that can just give you 15 minutes in year one would be really nice to get at this spot. And I, I found myself favoring a little bit more some of the safer guys, and it's always going to be the same way it was previously that I think there will be a tier where, you know, there's going to be a handful of guys that are more upside swings and a little bit more safer. And previously I'd want to dip into that upside, but I'm leaning a little bit safer this time, just because I, I think that, a lot of people expect this pick twenty four to be traded because they need some sort of i think you want to keep the momentum going of last year and you need a winger forward and if yeah. you can't trade it, I do think that like somebody that can't give you anything next year might be a little tough. That being said, I love Kulabali and a lot of these guys
0: yeah there there are sure a vast number of of wings and forwards, which is the type that you and I have always gravitated towards who are both upside swings and, and uh, more proven collegiate players. Um, before we ju- start jumping into the guys who uh, we have confirmed workouts for Sacramento, I do want to talk about the idea of fit versus talent. Because if there's one thing I'm finding myself disagreeing this year, it's the narrative I keep seeing on Twitter and on Kings Herald comment sections where folks talk about fit with this Kings team. And to me, the goal with a late first rounder should never be to find that perfect fit, or even to re- overly worrying about it. Like it just doesn't happen that often. Hell finding a good player in the twenties, it happens. It happens regularly. It doesn't happen as often as folks seem to think it does like find a good player, pick the one you're most confident in moving forward. Um, um, I know that I said earlier that I'd rather go for upside as opposed to taking somebody more and be ready. But like, is there a position on this team that couldn't use a rookie if we knew that rookie was going to be able to play, say 15 minutes a game or something like for the sake of argument, let's oh. pretend that whoever comes in can be like the ninth man at his given position. Like, it's There's no position that we point point guard love would be more my play- one. I, I don't even know about that. Cause like it, they need more playmaking. It, it, it It's probably the most depth they've got between Fox Davion monk. But are we going to be re- really upset if suddenly Marcus Sasser comes in? No, cause I'm sure
1: not. If if it's a tier above and your only guy left in that tier is a point guard or a center, like you still do it.
0: Yeah. Say Jalen hood. Shafino falls like, heck yeah sign right. me up right say let let's just go crazy say like cart case wallace falls oh heck yeah right it, it it uh absolutely um and and there's one guy who i keep seeing people be like well why would they go draft chris murray why would they draft another another semi slow-footed wing combo forward like what are you talking about get as many forwards on this team as you freaking can Chris Murray can do a lot of things really good the Kings could use another depth piece at forward who can in some degree or another is good at shooting defending rebounding driving whatever I, I the idea that oh, no, the Kings can't go draft X because they got to look further down their board and try to find the ideal fit. That's just crazy to me when you're talking in the 20s.
1: I agree with you on the, like, just if it's the only guy left in a tier, you do it. If you have other options, I'm probably favoring the wing over the guard if they're, like, in the same tier. I view them closely, but definitely get where you're coming from. And the one other, like, general question I want to ask you is... Do you, do you think that we're just at the point where we're going to start to see more bigs that shoot like just traditional bigs like cuz how long have we been talking about like oh you need a rim protector that can also space the floor. With Marvin Bagley we were talking about it, and now we're talking about with DeMontis Sabonis. And those guys are so hard to find, but do you think we're starting to get to a point where there's more and more of those guys coming into the league like a you know a, a Jarrus Walker, Taylor Hendricks more of a four but maybe small ball five here and there. Mm-hmm. Or, I think um, both of them are kind of small ball fives, honestly. Yeah. Der- Derek Lively is, you know, uh getting him up apparently in shooter in uh, recent workouts and there is No clowny. Yes, thank you. That's what I was just thinking.
0: Yeah. Uh it it there's definitely been an, a a spike in big men who know that NBA teams will want them to shoot. Um and I don't think the fact that the Kings have Keegan Murray Hopefully, re-sign Trey Lyles. No matter who they pick, I want them to re-sign Trey Lyles. Hopefully, bring over Sasha. It, you know, is it ever going to be a bad thing that, oh, look, another six, eight to 6'11 dude is coming in who can shoot the Rock at some degree of fashion? No. That's never a bad thing, especially when your team is anchored around De'Aaron Fox and DeMonta Sabonis, who need to be surrounded by as much shooting as possible without sacrificing size, which was clearly an issue for this team in the playoffs, and rebounding, which was the biggest issue for this team in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Um, Are you good to get into some of these names? Let's do it. All right. First one we got um, that was confirmed a while ago. And by the way, this is far from everybody they're working out, just for total clarity's sake. I'm sure people know that, but Kings are working out a lot of people, um, and we're just not getting of them these are just the ones that that we know of as of right now um but first one Oscar Shibway who is a big for Kentucky he's a four year he played his first two at West Virginia then went to Kentucky um kind of just traditional ground based big um not really spacing the floor blocks are are there but not amazing for a center of his size and he's 6'9 he's not ginormous um i don't know Shibway is a guy that you think of as like what they're sitting at. What is the last pick? 54 maybe. Sure. And even yeah. then could be undrafted.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, he was one of the best bigs in the NCAA for the last two years. He was a national player of the year, two years ago when he averaged 17 and a half points and 15 rebounds a game. Um, he's built like a brick shit house, big wingspan dominated the glass plays with energy and effort every game. Uh, I was kind of surprised when I looked up his shooting numbers. Like he shot 38% on the year on mid-range jumpers. That's better than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure he's built for the NBA. He'll get a chance. Some team will sign him for summer league or use a second round pick on him. Uh, he, I bet he'll play actual NBA minutes at some point. But these kind of big men come out every year. Not everybody comes out with his accolades and rebounding numbers, but there's always sort these sort of – made for college bigs who don't have the quickness the defense the shooting some combination of the three to make it work in the nba i just don't trust his defense at the nba level um and and like maybe he figures out how to carve out a bank bench big role but i don't see any reason to like trust he's going to be more impactful than alex len right given the same time and i'd, I'd probably rather re-sign alex len and use a, a pick on, on cheap way. So,
1: yeah, I'd be surprised if he was actually a 54. I'm sure it's just due diligence and potentially undrafted. Um, Justin in the comments as he thinks Oscar's going to go undrafted. Um, anybody in the comments, by the way, what's up, what's up. Definitely. We'll be pulling them up here. Um, next one we got is Julian Phillips from Tennessee, who just announced today that he is planning on staying in the draft. Um, ESPN has him as the number 34 prospect. He has really good size to him at six, eight. He's breaking records in the combine when it comes to, um, uh, just athleticism tests. I forget the exact tests it was, um, but at sec all freshmen and is one of these more raw upside swings, a ridiculous athlete, um, promising defender, but, when it comes to three point shy, you're on twenty three point nine percent on about one and a half a game. Not a great finisher either, um, even with the athleticism. Yeah. Kind kind of raw, but like I think prototype in the hypothetical of Julian Phillips is intriguing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like it, just to start with the bad, the questions all come on offense. Like what does he do at the next level to threaten defenders into paying attention to him? Uh he's a big threat in transition and he's gotta prove what else. He shot 26% on all spot-up shots this year, 23.9% from deep. And he, like you said, his touch at the rim was great. He shot just 54.7% at the rim, which is pretty middling for a for 6'8 guy whose allure is in those physical tools. But uh, I'd tell myself pretty quickly if the Kings drafted him. It, it'd be hard not for me to look at him and be like, oh, yeah, he's our next Gerald Wallace. Um Given his combine results and apparent feedback throughout the draft process, I'm not surprised he stayed in there. Uh, He was a big part of Tennessee's defense. Third, That was third in the country for both points allowed per game and opponents field goal percentage. Synergy says he held his opponents to a combined 25.5% shooting, which is in the 95th percentile in the nation. So it's very easy to see why some team would want to select him later in the first or early in the second, but he's going to have to figure out how he can contribute on offense before he's going to get any sort of big role.
1: Yeah. One of those guys that like 24, maybe 38 is a dream. Um, And I think there's going to be guys in this draft where like, people are going to really like somebody at 24 and then it's going to come around to 38 and we're going to be like, well, this guy's still here
0: (laughs) or the inverse. I I do want to say it could be the inverse too because I see a whole bunch of people being like Trace Jackson Davis is on on all these mocks. He could definitely go thirty eight. He could also go anywhere from like twenty to forty five guys. the The range of how we see big boards, how uh, uh, experts see big boards, and how the teams see big boards is just so varied. After you get outside the lottery, it's it never be surprised how high or low somebody can go outside of the lottery.
1: Absolutely. And it seems just even more vast ranges in this draft. Um, next up we got Jalen Wilson from Kansas who measured in at the combine at six, five and a half without shoes and with a six, eight wingspan. Um, He was an NCAA champion with Kansas in 21, 22, technically a junior, but four years, freshman year, he played literally two minutes. Um, So we'll we'll just overlook that one. Um, But two times uh, all big 12, big 12 player of the year. um, And really just a all around scorer. And some people will bat their eyes at his age, but he can, I mean, he can definitely score the ball.
0: Yeah. He took a huge step this year. Led the Jayhawks in scoring, was first in the Big 12 in rebounding and scoring. Um, I mean, 28 and 8, 20 and 8 in the Big 12. That that's big time numbers. Um, I think the reason that he's not considered a lock to be a first rounder is the efficiency. Like he shot just 43% on from the field, 33% from deep, a combined 54% true shooting percentage on nearly 30% usage the challenge for him is going to be how he scales down his offense. And I'm not sure what that looks like. He shot 34% on catch and shoot shots, which is fine, but that's not great when you're trying to consider his role at the next level. Uh, And his shot selection and shot opportunities are just not going to continue anywhere near what they were at Kansas.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, somewhat intriguing, but that's one of those guys I look at and I'm like, man, I would just like a little bit of defense from a prospect. Like, He's all right, but I I want somebody that can make a difference on defense. But then I I say that, and then I get scared of some guys. I'm like, man, am I watching like a Casey Okpala right now? Like it's hard. It's hard to find that balance. But last guy we got, um, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, and he is also a senior and measured in at six, eight and a quarter without shoes at the combine with a seven, one wingspan and I'm going to need you to carry me on Trace Jackson Davis here this time, Brian. I'm uh, not up to standard on Trace Jackson Davis yet.
0: Well, I'll have a profile out on him in the near future. Um, Senior for the Hoosiers, led them in scoring, rebounding, shot blocking, and assists. Like, that's a a quad facto right there. He was one of the better players in college basketball over the last few years, but he took it to a different level this year. I mean – Nearly 21 points, nearly 11, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2.9 blocks per game. It, it's That's just incredible numbers right there. Um, and that scoring output, his improvements as a playmaker, and his rim protection abilities, that could make him an interesting option at the next level for a Kings team that's still kind of looking for a backup for Sabonis. It's kind of easy to watch his tape and think, boy, if the Kings are kind of okay committing to a small ball lineup when Domas is off the court, like he can do a lot of things really well. He could play make at the high post as long as the big question for him is how is he going to threaten defenses outside of his playmaking? Um, he was an ideal collegiate post-up control the paint, pick and roll big man, but like his future NBA team's not going to just say, Hey, go do that again. He's going to have to rely a lot more on the rim running, driving game and he's quick. He's agile. He has some really cool highlight dunks. Um in transition in a high paced offense. He can really get moving, but he's going to have to prove it to defenses before they're going to start respecting him in a way that would unlock his playmaking around him. Uh, unfortunately, he's just not a shooter at all. And I don't care how many threes he made at the combine. It doesn't matter till he does it in an actual basketball game. He was over for 3 from 3 across his four years in Indiana. I think he was something like 3 of 16 from mid-range this year. Like, but to be honest, if he was an average shooter, he'd be a top-20 lock. Yeah. Um, so he's one of my sneaky favorites for the Kings if they go for a more established player. Um, I know a lot of mocks and big boards have him more in the range of the Kings second-round pick, but he'll be in the conversation around 24 for me.
1: Do you think he can play with Delmas at all? Or are you just like, okay, with just a backup big at 24?
0: Eh, You're going to have to be okay with backup big at 24, which, you know, at that point there will be definitely a lot of wings and forwards who I'd probably rather have than him. Because unless that shot that he keeps talking about at the combine is actually real, like, what are you doing? You can't have two bigs out there who can't face the floor. That's the whole allure of bringing over Sasha of re-signing Trey Lyles of playing Keegan Murray at the four is that you need to have shooting from the four next to Domas. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not thinking they'll play together. Whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. And I I'd be a little torn on that one at 24 38. I love it, but it's, it's another one of those ones. Um, should we talk about Chris Murray? Everybody loves to talk about Chris Murray, of course. Uh, That's the end of of confirmed workouts, by the way, is Oscar Sheboy, Julian Phillips, Jalen Wilson, Trace Jackson Davis.
0: Uh I can't confirm this, but I I would bet a whole bunch of money that the Kings have either or plan to work out Chris Murray. Uh,
1: That is fair enough. Fair enough. I would think the same. Um, And I roll my eyes a little bit at some of the Chris Murray stuff because I feel like it just, I'm tired of like pulling up a mock and it's like, Oh, the Kings are taking Chris Murray. Like I get it because positionally it makes a lot of sense. I agree with your little mini rant earlier of that. Like, why would you not want another one? And it not saying Chris is the same as Keegan, but positionally and just being versatile, well-rounded, like you need as many of those guys as you can. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I want the conversation to be around, what they can do rather than who he's related to. So I've gotten a little frustrated with the Chris Murray conversation, <laughs> yeah. but I think that Murray would be a great fit for Sacramento at 24 storyline. Admittedly would be pretty fun. Although I know you have a more uh, doomsday uh, sort of storyline oh, yeah. you're rolling with, with Chris Murray, but what, what do you think about all the conversation around him?
0: Uh, I think that Kings fans have set their sights on him for a year now. So much so that I'm absolutely in my gut sure that either the Lakers are going to take him at 17 or the Warriors are going to take him at 9. <laughs> One of those two things is going to happen. It, uh, it, even if you tell me, hey, those two teams aren't going to – both of those teams are going to trade their picks. And they're not even going to be threats to draft him. I just – I struggle to see that a 6'9 guy who's solid to good at shooting, defending – dribbling driving rebounding is going to last to 24 i think he's probably more complete than any of the wings and forwards in this range I'm kind of struggling is there somebody like if leonard miller's in that conversation then no but uh maybe not Kobe jones Kobe jones is a much more uh proven shooter but like yeah chris is good man
1: absolutely and You know, I, I think that one aspect of, of Chris, or at least a thought that had crossed my mind initially into the process of sort of looking into his film is that like, okay, if he's not as good of a shooter as Keegan, there's a lot of frustrating moments with Keegan where it's like, what else do you do but shoot? And that's an okay question year one, when you are a guy that like, when, what else but shoot when the but shoot means that you're breaking rookie records, you're fine, Um, but you had great context. You wrote a whole profile, by the way, on, on King's Herald that people should check out on Chris Murray, but you gave some context to his 33.5% and kind of how that rivals what his brother put up last year.
0: Yeah. If, if you just look at the efficiencies and that's a big thing because Keegan's efficiencies were crazy last year, considering everything that he was doing from Iowa, Chris ain't close in terms of efficiencies. Um, but he also shot 38.7% as a role player in his sophomore year when Keegan was the star. And I honestly think the defenses were more locked into Chris this year than they were Keegan a year ago. Um, a whopping 89% of his catch-and-shoot shots this season were guarded, according to Synergy. And he shot 41% on those few unguarded shots. So wherever he ends up, if he's suddenly the fourth, fifth option and is in the corners and, and above the break like Keegan was this year, I would be surprised if those numbers didn't climb way, way back up. I don't think he'll set a rookie record for threes, but that's an easy bet against. So, um, And just so much of his, the rest of his game is impressive. Like it, One thing that I think he does share with Keegan is – he was the team's leading scorer, team's leading shot taker, re- leading rebounder and just had 1.5 turnovers again. He he doesn't he does a lot of things well and doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Now, is that going to be less frustrating when suddenly oh, there's there's two of them and we want them to go start doing things besides threes? No. It's not going to make it any easier, but I would hope that next year we're talking about Wow! Look at all of the other things that Keegan Murray's added to his game, and if Chris Murray's got to you know follow in his brother's footsteps in terms of role in his freshman year, I mean in his rookie year, yeah, that makes a world of sense to me.
1: It's the exact type of type of guy that Sacramento needs—a a reliable backup wing forward. Um, Meg in the chat says everybody loves Chris. I think that's a play on everybody hates Chris, and uh, <laughs> think of and think of the pizza guy commercials. I gotta say murray twin pizza guy commercials would be hilarious although it does seem like chris has more of like a he he shows more at least on the court from what
0: i've seen yeah did you uh, there was a clip i had at the end of my chris murray um uh profile where he he did this put back and it just kind of hung there and he just stared up at it and then when it went down he had more emotion in his yes than than i'd ever seen from keegan in his rookie year
1: like I 10 times the, more than the whole year combined.
0: Oh, yeah. I think the brothers did a a. I think it was a burrito restaurant commercial where they did the play on on um, Bird and, and Michael doing the horse game.
1: I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes.
0: That was pretty funny. And if yes. Pizza Guys doesn't jump on that and just make them do it again, then they don't deserve the money that they lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i agree that would be a great entertainment uh one other question i want to ask you before we maybe go through some of the early names that we like and and we'll, we'll dive more into players at a further date but just more so keeping it surface level right now as an introductory conversation but what do you think about like movement shooters that are more two guards when it comes to sacramento's perspective because there's some guys here um that that kind of fit that like i guess jet howard i said two guards but jet howard doesn't really fit the two guard um yeah, somewhat a, a jordan hawkins you know and i don't know that these guys are going to be there at 24 but like a uh um, whitehead yeah julian strother you know like what do, what do you yeah. think about movement shooters that are more guards and you know i think it's important for people to keep in mind like hb not there who becomes the matching salary in trades probably kevin herter right if you need to make a deal he's probably yeah. the matching salary you're talking about unless it's Sean holmes i was just um, about to
0: say it's Rashawn, but then you're right. having to add assets to it and
1: then malik monk only has one year left and since he was he was only there for two you won't have his bird rights um see what that oh, situation could end I'm up there. being so do you do you look at some of these movement shooters
0: yeah absolutely it's team can never stick their nose up at shooting. Never never never. Uh I have a profile out on Derek Whitehead. I got to admit he's probably my favorite of the guys you mentioned, although I kind of got to go watch some more of Jordan Hawkins. Um but I Derek Whitehead can just flat out shoot the ball and he can do so from a standstill, he can do it off the catch and he can do it with some real wiggle that I don't think most shooters in his range really can. Um, and if the Kings took him, it wouldn't help solve their size issues. I think he's a 6'5 and a half in, without shoes. So 6'6, six, 6'7 six, six, in shoes, 6'10 wingspan. Um, that doesn't help the King's size issues. I agree with you that ideally the Kings would go out there and get somebody who can play big, who, who can help them command more. More size and length at the at the defensive end and on the glass, but at the end of the day, you can't stick your nose up at shooting. The Sacramento Kings team always always needs more shooting, and I I forget who said this. It may have been Jerry Reynolds on the Kings Herald show, but it's just a good reminder that the Kings who whatever the peak of this Kings roster is, and please God, don't tell me it's last it's this playoff run. I don't think it is, but wherever the peak of this Kings run is, it's probably not going to have all the players on this roster right now. So it's, it's never a bad thing to add more depth at key positions, at key talents, at key roles.
1: Team control for sure, because of the situations kind of outlined with Herter and Monk. Um, And you need those guys. That was part of the reason the team was able to turn around the way it was, was, Herder, Monk, Barnes and Murray. And, you know, you could be losing one of those right now and Monk has one year left. So I I think it's, it's definitely something that you want to look at. Um, Do you want to hint at some of the,
0: some of the guys you like as of right now? Yeah. Cause I know we, you and I share quite a few of them. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, CD Sissoko is a guy I'm going to probably have a, a profile out on in a week or two. Um, 19-year-old Frenchman, played for the G League Ignite program last year. 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, in shoes, but he's 223 rebounds and a 6'9 wingspan. Um, he plays his physical and locked in on defense, as you'll see from a young prospect, which is great to see because he just bullied some G League guys. I'm stealing a line here from Mike Garcia on Twitter, uh, an absolute must-follow if you like the draft. CD tries to dictate physicality on both ends of the court. And that's something the Kings need more of from their young players and their veterans alike. Um, just an absolute bulldog on defense, uh, showed real promise switching across multiple defensive assignments, quick and instinctual enough to stick with many guards, but strong enough to handle taller players when they came at him. Uh, big questions His shooting shot 30% from three at the ignite this year, which was apparently a big step up from his previous years in Spain. Uh, he needs to prove it that on offense needs to figure out the balance between shooting and and his driving game. But he's a a big threat in transition would be fun to watch in a high paced offense. And apparently used to play point guard when he was in the, the Spanish leagues. And that's clear in his game. His passes aren't always on target, but he's ambitious enough that you can almost always see what's going, what he was going for. And I like seeing young guys with that much sauce on their passes because I mean, better than the alternative
1: i very much like Sosoko as well um definitely somebody that's intriguing another one of those i look at and i just am very skeptical that he doesn't fit the previous draft profile that we've seen from the front office but as we talked about at the beginning i have no clue if that matters anymore yeah. um but on the other end i'll say um colby jones is interesting to me and i think he very much does fit their draft profile he's a third yep. year guy um that played at Xavier that kind of just does a little bit of everything. He shoots the ball. Well, that's where he took his big jump this year 37.8% from three on a 3.3 attempts per game up from 29.2% last year. Um, The free throw percentage is concerning 65.3%. That's pretty bad. So it's definitely where some concern lies there, Uh, but he can pass the ball. Well, he can be an initiator when need be 4.4 assists, um, I, I think he's a fine rebounder and the defensive versatility is interesting. He is, he did measure in at six, four and a half at the combine without shoes with a six, eight wingspan, but I think there's some one to three sort of defense there and doing a little bit of everything on offense. And if that three point shot is real in the way that we saw it be this year with again, the free throw indicator being pretty concerning, um, that there's a really good role player somewhere in here. I, I saw vasini mock. I'm um, having going to Memphis at 25 and talked about how Memphis love these high IQ, high character guys and that Kobe Jones fits perfectly into that. So is somebody again, I've said that a handful of times, like I don't, I don't know if we're talking about 24. I don't know if we're talking about 38. I'm like still getting more comfortable with the top 20 of the draft. Cause then I feel like I can more accurately place guys, you know, but um, I, I think that Kobe Jones does very much fit the profile and somewhat of a position of need.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I love his game. I think he's tailor-made for this Kings bench. Uh he does so much of what this team needs. Also a great rebounder for size. Like 5.7 rebounds a game. Um, his numbers are excellent. And I think he's probably the most underheralded guy. I don't see many Kings fans uh going for him, which is surprising because he can just do a lot of everything. Um very strong defender slides with smaller guards was willing to bang up with bigger guys averaged 1.4 steals across his three years at xavier i mean he he, i love his defensive upside both as an on-ball defender but also as part of a switchable locked in team defense
1: nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv Terms and embargoes
0: apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refund. Subscription auto-renews. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us. All together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 That's why now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here?
1: Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm
0: sorry, drug lord nice?
1: With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Dustout. vacation friends
0: Two, rated r now streaming only on hulu you got next um let's see noah Clowney. i'll have a profile out on him probably tomorrow um he's definitely the project player here uh i he to me would be the biggest sign of a of a uh approach shift for monty mcnair because he's he's both a true project player with a ton of Swing skills that have to hit before he's not only going to be a starter, but, you know, just earn minutes, but he's the kind of project player. Every team would love to take that swing at six, um, 10, 18 years old started every game he played at for Alabama. Uh, they won the sec title and he played a big role on that. Um, great size, physical tools, quickness, good explosiveness. And, like I said, the role that they had him play is something every NBA team should want him to play moving forward. Uh, a combination of floor spacing and rim running on offense, didn't need the ball in his hands to be effective, played well off their creators. And on defense, like he had a plenty of highlights protecting the rim. He held all opponents to a combined 36.2% on attempts at the rim. Uh, and showed some ability to shadow smaller players on switches, defended well on the perimeter. Um, There are plenty of low lights on both ends of the court. Like shot just 28% from three, I think, and had moments where he just got roasted by smaller players on defense. Um, Even if the upsides there, teams are going to dare him to shoot. They're going to go at him on defense until he proves it. But, uh, you know, it's hard to... Look at a six ten guy who, who Nate Oates at Alabama said, "Hey, go out there, just keep shooting. I don't care that you've been missing them, just keep shooting," uh, and could protect the rim at at some solid level. And being willing to
1: keep shooting, you know, it's yeah. one thing hearing it, but actually going out there and doing it. And again, that twenty eight point three percent on three point three a game isn't isn't great, but there's encouraging signs with everything else that he does well. I I agree with you. He'd be the one that like, if I heard his name, it would really change my perspective on. It it would just make me think, okay, I guess they do think that they need a rim protector alongside Domas that can also space the floor, you know, like not from a traditional forward, but like another big. Um, And I think there's a path to that. If you get the right guy. Um, I don't know that I would expect that, but it's definitely an intriguing option to me. Um, Another Upside swing that I would be really excited for, but don't even know. There's talk about like he could stay in France. Is Victor Womenyama's teammate? Um, I hope I'm saying the name right. If you know better, uh, correct me, but Bilal Kulabali, I definitely have the last name right.
0: I think that's right. Okay, no, we're gonna cool. go with Koulibaly. Koulibaly.
1: Yeah. yeah, I got the last name right. I'm, I'm skeptical on the first, but uh, I Koulibaly. think it's Pal-ol. okay. Um, I, I watch almost everything muted for what it's worth, is why that <laughs> happens. Um, but 6'6 with a rumored 7'3 wingspan, unconfirmed. Um, but 18 years old, he was actually playing for the like sort of B team for Metropolitan's 92 that Weminyama is on in France and ca- stepped in because somebody was injured and never looked back. He has ridiculous length, as we mentioned, and is just already a defensive pest that's bothering the heck out of people just totally disruptive in passing lanes i think he's great on ball um there's definitely obviously like fundamentals that need to be cleaned up talking super young not 19 yet um and a guy that again is talked about as like oh well maybe he could stay overseas are we sure he's even going to come into the draft i don't know that i've seen anything confirmed with that or if you do draft him do you keep him over there for a year so he can kind of develop as as the guy in a system but There's a lot of encouraging things there. The playmaking um, does still need to come along. Like the offense is still where I think there needs to be a lot of development, but there has been flashes of like some self creation, some setting up teammates. There's a 35.4% from three on over two attempts per game. So there's a lot of intrigue there, Um, but he's also very thin and is going to take time to grow into his frame. Like it's definitely a project player, but definitely could be one of the guys that we look back on and just looks like a total steal years down the line when he's fully developed.
0: Yeah. I think he's getting a lot of attention because he's both a mystery man. Like few people knew about him a year ago, and yet he's just excelled on a team with Wemben Yama. So he's both the mystery man and yet somewhat more of a proven project player. Um, I agree with you. His in, in the, Few games I've watched, his defense looks very promising, quick and long enough to handle a variety of guys. Uh, Promising three-point shot, hopefully can be a floor spacer. But he's also one of the youngest guys in the draft class, so uh, it'll be very interesting to see where he ends up. I just poked around on Twitter because I think today's the last day that anybody can opt out of a draft. Um, And I haven't seen anything about him bowing out, so...
1: Interesting. And they're still playing, um, which by the way, a California classic coming to Sacramento and those dates are July 3rd and 5th. And two new teams have been added as we already knew it was, um, Sacramento LA, the Lakers, that is golden state and Miami. And now we get, uh, the top two picks in the draft with okay. San Antonio and Charlotte. Um, but, got led to that because saying that Metropolitans is still playing with Koulibaly, um, I would be pretty surprised if Wembenyama plays. You know, maybe because they have a matchup of the one and two at five o'clock on the first day that I would think they'd want to hype up, but it seems like one of those things where you save them for Vegas.
0: Yeah, I would sure hope not, because that would be a lot of fun for Sacramento fans. Um but I, I, I won't count those tickets before they hatch.
1: Agreed. Anyways, uh, that's my little random thing I remember there. Um, do you have one other guy maybe that you want to bring up before I take us to maybe some of our
0: dream crushes? Uh, I'll just say one of my dream crushes is a guy that I would like. If the Kings were going to trade up, I would love them to go get Leonard Miller. Um, I think that uh, 6'10 played in the G League this year. Uh, sixteen and sixteen point nine points, ten point one rebounds. He's a big man who can do a lot of things well, and a lot of those things that he can do are things the Kings need. Um, handled a lot of different defensive assignments despite being just one hundred twelve pounds at the combine. Was truly a good defender on smaller wings and forwards, and also had promise as a small ball big man. Um, he handled the post very well for a guy at his age, uh, 6'10", 7'2", wingspan, good pop and fluidity. Uh, on offense, he's got to continue to improve his deep shot, but I think he's got offensive ability outside of that. He's got great touch around the basket, promising ability to take guys off the dribble, uh, terror in transition, good passer, Like pretty much everything that the Kings could want aside from absolute Shooter from distance. Um, I think he'll get drafted long before the Kings. I wouldn't be surprised to he's gone by the lottery, but he's such a good fit for this Kings team.
1: I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I think that he's somebody that I'd be intrigued in in trading up for. I don't know what in the world that would look like. I wouldn't expect them to do that. Um, if he's there, I think that's an easy one for me. The athleticism is ridiculous that's translated to defensive and there's enough intrigue on offense um i'm all for it his his build looks very like patrick williams to me he's just at he's ginormous and little, a ridiculous athlete taller, to go with it.
0: but a mm-hmm. lot of little taller but the, you know same kind of physical tool set
1: so the other thing i want to do here before we get to our overtime is just a guy that's a just a dream on the team like there's literally no way that the kings get this guy unless they make some draft night crazy trade up or somebody slips um but we'll we'll say not like a top five guy but you could still go lottery you know just for fun
0: oh you and i have the exact same we do right it's
1: easy right it's unfortunate
0: because uh in december uh we were talking about this guy in the 20s and he was a oh wait a minute he can he he's suddenly shooting. He's suddenly protecting the rim. And I am, of course, talking about UCF freshman Taylor Hendricks. Um, six nine, big man, averaged 15 points, seven rebounds, one point four assists, one point seven blocks, and shot thirty-nine point four percent from deep. Like he's truly a promising two-way player with high upside on both ends of the court. Um I Don't know that he'll live up to top 10 in terms of immediate expectations. Like, I think he's probably going to take more time than some guys around him, but like he's flashed solid creation ability, solid driving moments, passing plays, very good weak side rim protector and flashes of perimeter skills. Like he was the dream for Sacramento in December. And then he just kept going up and up and up and up. And now we're suddenly talking about him as a, maybe six, seven. He's a dream.
1: I would give anything. Um, There's no world where it happens. I I think that like if he somehow made it to 10, he'd be an absolute dream for Dallas. I don't think that he makes it to 10. Um, But You know, there there is a gap. It's seemingly after three, four. Um, but there's there's a handful of guys in there in that category after that are intriguing to me. Like some of them won't work, but like a Cam Whitmore, I've seen. Like Sam Vecini's all about it, and he's all about him going to Detroit. And I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. That's somebody that could very much, um just be a play finisher there and his scoring upside looks ridiculous. Like Mm -hmm. I love Anthony black. I love the playmaking from a guy of that size. Um, And and just the, the IQ, like I I feel like the outlet passes that are just taking over everywhere. The Thompson twins have this as well um, is I, I just always think of it as the the ball brothers outlet passes but maybe I'm, <laughs> I, I should think of it as something prior to that i don't know kevin love or whatever but
0: i th- I, I think a lot of uh, people are comparing anthony black to what lonzo should have been so i don't think you're crazy there which is a dream um yeah.
1: but yeah i mean i think that do you have any other final thoughts before we go into overtime segment again kind of just overview of the draft
0: No, I I think if there's one thing I want to just keep pressing to people, it's, it's what we think, what other armchair scouts think, what mock draft experts think. We just have to remember that it's impossible to predict anything in the 20s and after that. So the Kings may surprise us. Somebody could fall that we just had no idea was going to be there. They may take somebody who we look at and we're like, hey, wait a minute. They could have been there at 38. Who knows? At the end of the day, we just have to trust that the front office is doing their homework.
1: Absolutely. And I think that they've earned that, that trust as of now from the fan base. Um, I'm also fully prepared to fall in love with whoever they pick at 38. It's uh, I guess, uh, it's a tradition, just just what I do. And it's never like, I don't mean to, it just always ends up happening. Um, I haven't found my Robert Woodard of this draft or my Jamias Ramsey, um, Go watch uh Kobe Brown tape. I have seen a little bit actually. I saw some of that today for the first time and was like, oh. I'm kinda of surprised Julian Phillips isn't already your Robert Woodard crush. He he's not he's up there. I have to I did a lot of Sasha film recently. Um, so I am fully getting up to speed on, on draft stuff right now. I'm trying to get a basic overview of a lot of guys before I dive too deep into each individual. But maybe Taylor Hendricks will end up being that. We will see. Overtime segment, Brian. We've both been playing. And overtime segment, by the way, non-basketball related. But if anybody in the chat, now would be the time to throw any questions our way as we start to wrap up. Um, We've both been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. The uh, sequel to, is sequel even the right term in video games? Yeah, to uh, Breath of the Wild. Amazing game. Absolutely, absolutely amazing game i feel like i've been playing for a long time but also like looking at my map and i'm like holy shit i have seen nothing
0: yeah for sure like this is easily the most odd i've been by a video game since i was a kid it it's just incredible the scope everything you can do in this game and how fluid it all is how how bug free it is for a world that all that like doubled in size from breath of the wild added a whole bunch of new content had the ability to make cars and jet planes. I see people making tie fighters and I saw somebody make a Trojan rockets. horse. It's it. It's just incredible how much stuff you can do in this game. And I haven't done any of that. I haven't built, I built one car and used it once. <laughs> and, and the fact that it's in the game and as, isn't it, is that fluid and yet if i want to i can just go have my traditional legend of zelda fantasy adventure without doing any of that crazy stuff it it, the the scope of this game is absolutely crazy
1: i agree um i am not one to be building and like combining things a lot i i did a little bit at first and i thought it was fun and then i realized like Damn, I'm just spending forever building something that actually takes me nowhere because I don't exactly know what I'm doing. And I don't think I'm far enough to really like fully use all that stuff yet. Um, but I really love the fusing. Fusing things onto mm. items and shields and all that stuff. That, that I just like testing and just seeing what happens. Like if you put a bomb on your shield and you do a shield jump, yep. it'll push you off the ground. Like what is this random stuff?
0: like well that's not random that's a nod back to speedrunners in breath of the wild used to have these bomb tricks that were dropping the bomb and then flipping your shield onto them to get that same explosion so that's kind of a a nintendo nod to how fans used to interact with bombs showing Um, my age showing my age showing your age of a game (laughs) that came out (laughs) shit when did that game come out breath of the wild yeah six years ago shit yeah oh man <laughs> when you were we lad right
1: yeah back when i was yeah exactly back when i still believed in marvin bagley it's crazy <laughs> crazy times crazy times um
0: anything else Bryant? uh i see mark s asked in the uh, no. chat what's our that. go-to drink these days mine's uh, the same my Mine is always either either straight bourbon on ice, or I've really been enjoying whiskey sours lately. Okay. Yeah.
1: I am a rum and
0: Coke and have been a rum and Coke for a long time.
1: I don't know if I've ever said this on a pod, but for a long time, um, I don't know what a long time is. I've only been able to drink for four years. Is that right? Jesus. <laughs> um,
0: you had to think about it, old I man. I did.
1: Uh, but growing up, my parents would drink uh, rum and cokes but when i was younger i thought they were saying rum roman cokes oh and so i had been ordering at a bar roman cokes and if you say it fast enough if you say it in a bar environment it sounds the same but one day somebody corrected me they're like what the hell are you saying i'm like what do you mean it's a roman coke i've been ordering it like everybody gives me the right thing <laughs> and it just sounds close enough that nobody did ever questioned you know me. That,
0: did you know that it was rum
1: Yes, but I never okay. pieced it together. I'm slow. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was a process.
0: Uh, I don't know. What,
1: once they said it to me, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense.
0: I think everybody in life has has those things that you just <laughs> heard wrong when you were a five year old.
1: Yeah. And once I got away with it a couple of times, I was in too deep and was just done at that point. So, yeah.
0: I had a girlfriend in high school whose parents specifically. And continuously, until she was like nine, reversed what sounds cows and sheeps make. Like they convinced her that cows did ba and the sheep did did moose uh-huh. and 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 I thought that was just the cruelest thing, just just for fun, just for fun until <laughs> some third grader corrected her
1: that is pretty funny it's it's, it's not probably leave your near. kid really confused but yeah
0: yeah roman coke is a lot <laughs> easier to understand yeah that. yeah
1: Makes us old man drinks
0: i guess yeah i'm sorry i have very specific tastes if i told <laughs> you i liked uh a screwdriver. now that's also an old man drink is my it? wife got know. me uh my wife my wife got me a, a book of of uh bourbon recipes and they keep meaning to dive into those. And then I just get a whiskey sour.
1: Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Well, Brian, you have your Chris Murray profile already out on the Kings Herald. you have your Derek Whitehead profile already out and another one coming soon?
0: Yeah. Noah Clowney probably tomorrow. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know, trace Jackson Davis, maybe early next week. Yeah. Um, i'm gonna definitely do one on colby jones and cd sissoko um i think you told me you you were beginning the work on a one for
1: yeah for bilal Kulabali, koulibaly um i will be writing that over the weekend end of this week over the weekend so that will be up soon
0: yeah so plenty of draft coverage over the next month
1: absolutely that time of year It is uh, getting into it and there'll be more draft coverage here as well. And as we just mentioned at the King's Herald to take a look at their site, kingsherald.com and peek over at their Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoy this episode of the King's Post podcast, please subscribe, rate and review and hear from me again next couple days.